Hey everybody, welcome back to I Only Date Monsters, the show where queer theory meets queer thirst. I'm noted monster fucker Lunistopheles. And I'm looking around my room for an adjective. Uh, inspired monster fucker Hayden. You were, you sure were inspired. Yeah, well, <laughs> it it literally did just come to me, so. Ah. Well. <laughs> Not gonna touch that one, huh? Uh, I mean, it's still sticky and wet. I can't touch it. Hey, Lou. Yeah. How, how have you been? How are you? What's going on uh, with your life? You know, not much, honestly. Uh, a friend coming over tonight for a couple days, and then uh, I guess not much else. Like, I don't know. October's a great month. I love Halloween. I love October as a month. I don't have a lot of plans right now. But I guess on the plus side, I did, I did like, <laughs> last night I got the, the gumption, and I submitted, like, four job applications. Nice. And I say applications, I mean, like, resumes and stuff to businesses. Not that application applications are bad or mean anything wrong, but, like, still looking for office work, just maybe at a better office. A good office. Does such a thing exist? I mean... Where is this mythical good office of which you speak? I I hope that the office culture at the, like, National Abortion Fund isn't quite as capitalistic and toxic as other places I've been. Yeah, that's certainly certainly fair. I, um... I'm not saying it's guaranteed. <laughs> but I can at least care about what I'm what I'm helping do. Uh, and I did that for a couple of different places yeah. last night. And other than that, I'm working on cross stitch and I guess not much else. So hey Hayden. <laughs> hey Lou. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I, uh, I actually just this morning helped move the man I've been calling our temporary roommate out, and he is, he has set off on his, uh, coming-of-age graphic novel where he takes a Ah. rental car and drives around the country, meeting friends along the way and having adventures before he eventually arrives back in his home state with all his stuff. (laughs) So, he is actually doing that. Yeah, that's that's the oh, okay. plan. I didn't know if he was. I didn't know if his plan was to make a comic about that. No. So, <laughs> uh, great. I love a good buildings Roman. Well, I wish your temporary, your not roommate, but at once temporary, your transient roommate. I wish him <laughs> the best. Yeah, it was. Um, if I didn't know him when he moved in, he was a coworker, now former coworker of one of my more permanent roommates but more permanent more permanent life has changed it's true but it it was really cool having a a new person to hang around and he seemed like a pretty great guy so i wish him all the best that's good didn't you like spend some time showing him the good place i did i introduced him to that wonderful show which i've also (sighs) introduced my roommates too, and also some co-workers, and I'm just trying to spread that around. The Good Place, if you have not seen it, dear dear listener, it's good. It's good. Uh, I'd go. I'd say we go into it more, 
but we are planning to talk about all four seasons of that show. <laughs> Since uh, I, I, I think we both love it a lot, and it has a lot of things to say, and also is surprisingly queer for a, a primetime sitcom. It's a show that, and I won't spend too long on this, but I do want to just say... Yeah, go ahead. I saw the first commercial for it, and the basic premise, at least as far as this preview delivered to me, was there's a woman, uh, Kristen Bell, who is not a great person, but she ends up, based on kind of a clerical error, in The Good Place, which is how this show defines a pseudo-heaven. Yeah, it is the thing I really like, is that they very pointedly in like the first episode basically say everyone got about five percent of it right <laughs> yes yeah and, and thusly absolves themselves from having to actually like and it sounds like this is a bad thing but it's a great thing it absolves them from having to actually tackle the religion aspect of morality since way more this show wants to tackle ethics and morality in a broad way than yeah. just like through a specific lens of christianity or judaism or islam or anything like that which i think is really really good especially because they then still cast the entire show super diversely it's a fantastic show i didn't give it a chance at first because it seemed like a gimmicky half hour (sighs) sitcom that's what i thought about it too when i first saw like posters for it and the only reason i watched it this is true it's because i still I still hold a little bit of a candle for Kristen Bell from my days watching Veronica Mars as a teenager. It's because Kristen Bell is amazing. Kristen Bell is wonderful, and she's such a good actress, and she's so smart. Like, every, she plays Kristen... different characters, but every character she plays is very, like, quippy and quick mm. on the draw, and she's very good at delivering those kinds of lines. Man, though, I... <sighs> But but she, anyways, she, she right. But she was also in the TV musical version of one of my favorite musicals, which is Reefer Madness. Mm-hmm. And she plays Little Mary Sunshine, which is like if you've never seen the Reefer Madness, like original scare tactics film, it's based on that. And, and Little Mary Sunshine is one of the two like good, wholesome American kids who get corrupted by marijuana. <laughs> uh at one point, she does she does get to sing the line, "Whips and chains and nipple clips and candle wax," and it's it's. I had a lot of feelings in high, in in college when I first heard that. Kristen Bell is wonderful, and she is she is she is the reason I gave the Good Place a chance, and and found out that it had a cast of nothing but good people. I'm so happy I did because it's a lot more clever than a lot of sitcoms. It's really funny. Some of those. Some of those lines hit you like a truck. I but the entire concept is bold and they're very creative about how they go about it. Uh, sorry, I managed... cut you off. No, it's you did not cut me off at all because I was gonna say those same things, basically. But also it the thing I'm constantly impressed by, and I'm actually really glad that it's going to end with this current season, season four. Yes. Uh, not because like I want it to end, but I also do kind of want it to end, but in the sense of all good things should end so they don't peter out like the Simpsons. Right. <laughs> but through the course of the show, they have managed to talk about... Okay, I hate to say just talk about 
ethics and morals and philosophy because of course they do but what very specifically they get to do on that show Mm -hmm. is actually put it into practice and this takes a deft hand of course because people you have to write both sides of these scripts so it's not actually a fully true human response the way we would think of it where like it could be anything also, when they, decide, when they decide to tackle some piece of philosophy, yeah, they put it into context within the show of, like, we're going to have a scene that sort of riffs on one of the parts of this. And it's never, like, super direct other than, like, episodes like The Trolley Problem. Yes. Which I'm, it won a Hugo for for very good reason. <laughs> um, but, like, more abstract ways of just dealing with utilitarianism or um, – platonic ideals or whatever whatever they're talking about in a certain episode and they find really natural ways to explore that concept which a lot of philosophy can't do since it's mostly written theory yeah so an audience doesn't really like to be lectured at typically Mm -hmm. from my experience but i remember watching the first season with my boyfriend and i had just turned on the first episode because Kristen bell and then we started watching and then we didn't stop watching and we got around like episode five or six and he turned to me and he was like is this teaching us philosophy is this teaching us to be better people you don't even realize it because they incorporate it very naturally i mean yes i would say that to a certain extent it is meant to be realized but it it is less that it is meant to be realized in the way of like a ted talk yes (laughs) and more like having a conversation with someone it is effectively a series of mm, the show uses examples in the scripts they like they they form scenes that work to explore these philosophical ideas but they rarely allow for just one answer to be the best answer and more just like it actually explores how you put philosophy and moral and ethical ideas into practice. And it's not always by following the letter of the theory, but by following the intent of the theory. Y'all, we'll we'll talk about this at much yeah. greater length at some point. <laughs> yeah. It's a good Pin show. This. If you haven't checked it out, high recommend. The three seasons that are finished are on Netflix and Hulu. So you ha- you can watch them. And season four just started. I, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, on the topic of new and better things, and I guess the good place, uh, let's I... talk about witches. That's a, that's a, that's a tenuous segue if I've ever seen one. Look, sometimes they're very natural and they make lots of sense. And sometimes I have to work with what I have. <laughs> Look, I was just going to say, speaking, speaking of, of double, double toil and trouble, let's talk about witches. Speaking of working with what you have, let's talk about witches. Heck yes. Witches. Witches, witches, witches. I love witches. Witches are fantastic. I, um, very true. End of episode. <laughs> Roll credit song. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Fucking harpsichord. Just like dances in. I also love witches, and I feel like I've loved witches. I've loved the concept of magic for a long time. I think for a while, I like didn't fully appreciate witches 
versus other magic, like other like characters, other archetypes that use magic. But I also think that was because when you're when you're ten, you're still kind of a shit. Oh yeah, I and mean I I'm still... still kind of a shit. We all are, but like even more so. Very unaware of the ramifications of what you're saying and thinking. Yeah. Uh, and I thought of witches merely as villains, but but wizards as wonderful like heroes. And then later I was like, ah, Gee, what would nah. you what would you say is the defining like difference between witches and wizards that would like cast one into villainy and the other into heroism, even though they use basically the same set of tools? Uh, could it be Satan? No, nah, it's because they're women. Yeah, uh, it's because they're, they're women. Uh, so, which is funny because the term witch didn't always was not always a gendered term. It was uh, gendered be- neutral for a lot of its history. Um, that being said, even though even classically, we think of witches as mostly women specifically from the witch hunts and boy do i have some things to say about that yeah i think witches are supremely interesting in both like a historical and a literary context because they aren't always women but typically when we're looking at witches we are looking at people who fall outside of society's norms mhm that is that is what the Everything from the ancient depiction, and I, I truly mean like, uh, right, like Sumerian, like, like the earliest recordings we have of this stuff. The idea of witches has been around forever and has popped up in a lot of cultures pre, like, cross pollination. The and, I, and I will, and I will say, at least for me, as much as I try to engage in a lot of like worldly thoughts i think we are both i think when we when we start talking uh, in depth about witches we're going to be talking a lot about sort of anglo-european american witchcraft Uh, there are a lot of forms of witchcraft around the world and i'm not saying we won't get into those but i know that my like main knowledge wheelhouse is that i mean we are we are from a western culture we are listened to primarily um, based by on, Croatians, <laughs> by Croatians, but uh, Western people from Western society. So obviously, our talk is going to be a little slanted towards that, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's the only valuable or interesting conversation to have about witches because they're everywhere. It's true, and and you know, this is I think this is just me encouraging people to go explore other cultures' ideas and histories of witchcraft. Uh, just most of my information is about us. Y- European and uh, North American witches. Yes. Like there's some kind of badger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, the honey witch. Um, yeah. Actually, <laughs> if we want to talk about honey witches, let's talk yes. about alewives. Um, the fish? Uh, Elwives are the, basically the brewers of Mm -hmm. the, uh, medieval and dark ages era Europe. Yes. And I'm just going to take a second to describe what an alewife is and 
it should illuminate why I think this is relevant. Alewives were normally uh, single, financially independent women uh, who brewed beer. And they would brew and sell beer. And so they didn't actually need to be married to provide for themselves, which was uncommon for women at the time. And depictions, early depictions of alewives often show them wearing these, like, pointy hats, which was just sort of an emblematic feature of them. And they were often uh, surrounded by cats to chase away rodents so they wouldn't uh, disrupt the beer. And they would have brooms, usually, to sweep things away. Basically, they are your classic depiction of a witch. Mm-hmm. Which is really funny because... They existed contemporaneously to the idea of witches, but they were sort of a different feature for the longest time. And then later on, they became this sort of a propaganda image. Um, just because they were also independent women mm-hmm. who, who didn't need uh, men to be held up by society. Yeah, so this is actually really interesting and and. and translates very nicely not translates uh and slides very nicely into a point i have mm-hmm. but do you have more to say on the alewife before i do that uh nothing specifically just cool. like remember witches are the reason we have beer Th- that is fair and for people who drink that sounds great mm. uh people who don't drink still kind of great beer is good for like putting in your hair and stuff um <laughs> i'm not kidding i Please, please elaborate on that just a little bit. Oh, um, let's take a diversion. Tell me about putting beer in your hair, but on purpose. Oh yeah, beer in your hair has been used for a long time as, um, I believe, a strengthener. Uh, Beer in hair. I'm gonna Google it and figure out what it what it is specifically. Um, So basically, malt and hops, the two main things in beer. Yes, uh, they can help strengthen hair cuticles because they're full of protein interesting um it's not like changing your hair but because it is full of things that like you the follicles of your hair enjoy hmm. uh especially because the cuticle layer is dead skin cells so really it's about keeping them from flaking off it's it's sort of a right no head erosion no hetero Asian? Yes. No. No head erosion. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, as I uh, the thing I was going to go into now is that thing about witches being a self-sustaining system is really important when discussing why they were the the thing being hunted down around the same time that feudalism started getting popular. So, a lot of this I'm cribbing, I, I'm cribbing a lot of the information here from Philosophy Tube's video on witches and Marxism, uh, and also gender. It's gender, witches, and Marxism. I'm gonna extrapolate from here, but there are some points in there that are really he he does a lot of the research that I needed. <laughs> so thank you, Ollie. But magic is a form of actively subverting work, and it's not about not wanting to do work. I really hate the word lazy because it's a classist idea but witches were basically a self-sustaining system as you said they were inherently anti-capitalist right 
And a lot of women, a lot of these women that probably also were witches, led a lot of the anti-feudalist and anti-capitalist movements, making witch hunts seem incredibly pointed towards getting rid of loud women. Right. I don't, I don't want to fully insinuate, at least, that men in feudal society were hunting down women because they were women first. Uh, while feudal, while like medieval and pre-medieval Europe was not gender equal by any means. Yeah, it was more the fact of magic being anti-capitalist because it didn't need to buy into capitalist ideas and capitalist systems. So getting rid of witches got rid of rebellion. Right. Uh, and I want to quote a philosopher named Sylvia Federici here, which which Ali also quotes, but I think the, the quote is very good for this discussion. Uh, the outcome of these policies, capitalist policies and feudalist policies, yes, uh, that lasted for two centuries, was the enslavement of women to procreation, defining women in terms mothers, wives, daughters, widows, that hid their status as workers. Right. That, I mean, witches are, throughout history, not always, but usually women, Mm -hmm. Um, and specifically people who break out of their roles in society, which, to bring it back to the queer theory of it all, is a very queer thing to do. And oh, yeah. it is certainly not unprecedented that a lot of quote-unquote witches would just be women who chose not to marry. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they were often ostracized. And because they were ostracized, they needed to find a way to. Pr- they needed to find a way to protect themselves and to survive. And so you see a lot of women who get cast out of society, but then they continue to. They take advantage of the stereotypes about them. I think to a certain extent, yes. Um, I don't think we can entirely claim that for every person, but I agree. Oh, certainly not. Uh, but you do see a lot of stories. Uh, should really start bringing my notes instead of just oh, making okay. them. But <laughs> it is okay. There are, there uh, are plenty you... of specific stories of women living out in the woods, and they sell herbal remedies, or they tell prophecies, or what have you. And people, the same people who drove them out of society, would often come to them for something society couldn't give them. I mean, and this is the thing. Up until feudalism took hold, it wasn't even that they were ostracized. You just had a town wise woman or a town witch or a mm. town, you know, magic user of some sort. And yes, part of that was stuff that didn't work because it was the ancient world and science wasn't as good as it was now. So, like, sorry. Small side note soapbox. Don't shit on old people for not knowing what the fuck they were doing, at least in the sense of, like, they didn't know better. <laughs> uh, what, what I mean is, like, in terms of science and stuff, it's good to yeah. look at how we've how far we've progressed. But like, old, I mean, like, people from the 1500s were not dumb because they didn't have microscopes to know what germ theory was. I mean, they're not going to hear this. <laughs> I know. No, no. What, I, <laughs> true. The reason I say that is the reason I don't want to say that that people from previous uh, centuries were science dumb, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, is because 
it frames us right now as inherently being better than them and actually uh i think we are doing a lot better scientifically and even emotionally in certain ways but i think one of the things worth talking about with witches and one of the reasons why witches in the occult have become so popular again within the progressive left is that it also represents something we forgot which is that maybe we should also just not kill the place we live because mm-hmm. even if you don't get into like the herbalism aspects and all that kind of stuff, witches were also just very early environmentalists. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say they are. They are talking a lot about finding cures for thing and na- cures for things in nature, or using nature as a way to predict the future. They are often living outside of more um i don't want to say like technological settlements because that that doesn't feel quite appropriate but they aren't living they're living in like the the thatch hutches or in caves as opposed to in a building of brick Uh, and stone i mean uh, not always no i think a lot of them actually lived in houses um uh, I, I, a number also lived in caves. There is there well, is report of like, right? We well, this is the thing. Witches are a broad category as well. That's true. Uh, and you have everything from kitchen witches and head witches to, like, hermitage witches that live out by themselves and and you know get all their own food and every so often someone comes and asks them for help. Uh, I think they all are different flavors of, of very similar politics. Yes. Uh, which are that they eschew the idea of needing to fit into a system that they cannot have autonomy of themselves in. Right. Which is why they were so anti-feudalist, which is inherently non-autonomous. Uh, feudalism specifically just makes people work land for other people and they get a meager pay and it's it's just what offices are like now. <laughs> Offices need witches. Offices do need witches. But the other thing about witches Mm -hmm. in older eras is that honestly a lot of it was also just like early good medicine. Like some of it was bunk, of course, because we didn't know what we were doing. But a good good bit of it was either herbal recipes that maybe aren't as good as the medicine we have now, but definitely helped. And more than that, a lot of time witches were also the town midwife. And quite honestly, we're probably a lot of times just telling people, go fucking take a bath. <laughs> go clean yourself, you disgusting person. I mean, it, it yeah, a lot of the the remedies witches gave were kind of bunk, but also it's worth noting they they weren't that different or worse than anything that was being given by quote-unquote legitimate doctors at the time because they also didn't know (laughs) what they were doing yeah doctors didn't have a codified legitimate thing to do until right around the start of the 1900s (laughs) yeah doctors took a long time to catch up and well certainly there were town doctors um it was also 
not uncommon for doctors to to travel and to mm-hmm. like move from place to place and go where they were called and just spend their life out on the road making coin in different towns and while some witches did that as well uh it was not at all uncommon for witches to be much more centrally located in their communities so they could actually see what worked and what didn't i mean witches witches and labor unionizers or organizers are not not very far apart from one another (laughs) in terms of what they mean and what they do for a group a group of of whoever you know for witches it was the village or villages near them for union and labor organizers it's the people that are also wanting to organize and have more rights for themselves and in both scenarios it was way more of a socialist slash communist idea of if you wanted the you know your your local witch to help you you did something for them in return not monetarily in the sense of like merely exchanging coin for a service but usually it was like bring me some food and i will do this thing bring me some you know grains or if it was really big like a you know a livestock or whatever and it was a bartering system right uh we could dissect whether or not it was quote unquote fair but at the same time it's not like it was either you go barter with a witch or you go to the very high-tech hospital. <laughs> like, the thing is, there were not a lot of better choices, and at least someone who would give you, if nothing else, palliative care, that's good. <laughs> right, yeah. Life was fucking hard. <laughs> no one had no one had fucking, anti- fucking antibiotics. And... I- and everyone was eating dirt. Thought you were going to go with the internet the way you started that word. Yeah, everyone um, was no no one had the internet and everyone was eating dirt. <laughs> the 90s. Oh. <laughs> I remember those days. Um, back when I was but a young boy. And we had to walk all the way to the witch's house to use her computer to connect to AOL. I mean, librarians are witches, yes. Accurate. Hi, let's just list a, a series of cultural touchstones that are also witches. <laughs> no, no, but uh, librarians are witches and don't ever fuck with them. Um, librarians? Uh, bartenders? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. There's uh, others. Elementary school teachers, but specifically the ones who, like, know way too much and are really nice to the kids, but will mess up a parent that tries to come at them. So you're just describing Miss Frizzle? Um, yes. Miss <laughs> Frizzle is a witch. Have you... Uh, so, but... okay, hold on. We're going to get into a debate here. Because I think Miss Frizzle's a time lady. Okay, but... And it's you a magic all... school bus. It's specifically I... magic. Yeah... But that's an easy way to describe uh, a pocket dimension for kids. Miss Frizzle is all about education. If it so is the doctor. Ma- if it weren't magic, she would she wouldn't call it magic. Uh, I mean, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Okay, counter. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Time lords and ladies are also witches. I mean, they're space witches, effectively. Okay, I'll they accept ha- this compromise. <laughs> they do have wands. They're just called sonic screwdrivers. Yes, exactly. Um, I also, I mean... I'm a big fan of future fantasy over hard sci-fi, so like that's why I'm more drawn to Doctor Who anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, Time Lords and Ladies are basically just space witches, and that's fine. Because uh, because I love a good witch. What was your? Do you, can you think of like the first relevant witch for you, like in media? I'm trying to think. I do. I, I want to say, oh, it probably wasn't Buffy because I I only saw so much of that as a kid. Um, you, you were going to specifically possibly say Willow? Yeah, Will, Willow is an excellent witch and a canonically queer character. I actually, while I was researching this, I, I found an Autostraddle article that was like 25 witches in like NTV. Uh, and movies based on ranked on their lesbianism. <laughs> Good, the Excle- best ranking. Excellent article. I suggest you check it out. My favorite were the top three. The top yes. three were Willow in number yes. three. Oh God! Wait, there are two more lesbian witches than Willow. Willow's okay. girlfriend at number two. Good, great. And Willow when she's pissed off at number one. Uh, I think that's cheating. That it's it's not quite cheating. There, I know that in the in the in the show that there is like more to it than just that. But like, okay, I accept. Uh, w- Willow filled with lesbian rage. Ah, oh, lesbian rage. Lesbian rage. Um, that's, that's but yeah, I, I go ahead. Well, I'm just trying to think about the the question, and I'm like, I I couldn't have gotten much witch content until I was a little bit older because I I specifically wasn't allowed to read like Harry Potter because it had witches in it so uh, good you were a good Christian boy oh I I mean only one of those three things still stands <laughs> it, like half of one of those things <laughs> right <laughs> Not good. Not Christian. Question mark, boy? Mm. Question? <laughs> Question mark? Eh? It's, it's eh. Yeah, that's I, fair. I, that's... I, don't, I don't outright reject it. It's fine. Look, a gender is still a gender. Mm. It's just... You're but yeah, t- tell me who your formative witches were. Man, this first one's going to seem really weird because it, it, it's entirely not yours. Like, it's, an, it's a much different tone. Is what okay, I, mean. I dig that. Uh, it's Witch Hazel from Looney Tunes. Really? Well, because I just remember Witch Hazel, and I specifically remember really wanting to see all the episodes of Looney Tunes that featured her, of which there were honestly very few. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I just thought it was very funny whenever she ran away and her bobby pins would just fly in the air. <laughs> um, past that, I mean, I can't deny the fact that even considering the current state of the author, I have a lot of connection to the Harry Potter series. I mean, I... 
I yeah, I know. I'm not going to try to open up a can of worms right now because talking about Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling is a four-hour endeavor, at least. <laughs> I I will say I feel like I feel like J.K. Rowling is constantly trying, and I do respect that. And also, she's like the only person that went from being a billionaire to losing billionaire status because she gave so much of her money to charity. I appreciate that. I don't think she is quite as a hundred percent villainous. I yeah, as, I don't as 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 culture has deemed her to be. However, I don't think she's perfect. But and we've had this discussion several times, so I won't harp on it. But I do. I do really hate the all-or-nothing approach sometimes people with as much name recognition as J.K. Rowling get sometimes. Mm, and so I feel compelled to stand up for her a little bit for that reason. Well, that's fine. I do think she also has shown that she has aligned herself with a lot of TERFs. Yeah, not So, great. like, I have over time stood up for her less, but I stand up for the books. There is the difference, right? Right. I will drag Rowling through the mud for things that are not like mm. in the year 2019. It is very good to think about critiques being lobbed towards traditionally marginalized groups or people within them. Yes. Uh, and whether or not the critiques are coming in good faith or bad faith. And I right. think that for Rowling, as with any other woman, there's always going to be some very clear bad faith arguments. That being said, <laughs> she's done a lot of bad things, like in the sense of she has aligned herself with a lot of really questionable societal, political and moral things. And I think even within the books, it's worth critiquing some of what she like thinks to be true within the world that she has built. But I also spent a lot of my time on an early Internet harry potter fan board making friends so again it's literally impossible for me to extricate myself from harry potter right i have definitely had my feelings change on certain aspects of it over time um in fact recently i've been thinking a lot about just the the rampant slate of books starting with harry potter and then moving forward about the idea of a school for magic, which is fun. Believe me, I love the idea of getting to go somewhere to learn magic that way. Right. But it does also give up the idea that magic is something you have to respect and not just learn like any other sort of corporatized thing. Yeah. Uh, I... And like traditional ideas of witchcraft are a lot more about this like mutual, mutual respect for nature and forces you can't understand. And sometimes in ways that can get close to a religiousness that I don't like, but a lot of times it's just much more straightforward. Like it, it, a lot of times, witches, in the classical sense seem to basically work on a policy of don't shit where you eat. Yes. <laughs> uh, where it's just like, think logically Which... about what you are doing in these scenarios. Which does make some of the uh, post-publication world-building of Harry Potter hilarious <laughs> in retrospect. Ah, oh, God, they just shit and and magic it away. What a fucking... 
I can't I can't get into rallying right now. If we keep talking about <laughs> rallying, I will go on for hours about my like constant tired frustration with her. Uh, for for people who don't know, um, just just as a quick point of clarification, rallying did come out with like. Well, okay. She she occasionally does like lore drops or whatever, which is fine. I want to say specifically that it was done via Pottermore's Twitter account, which right. I don't know if she runs, but she at least has to sign off on what's going on there when it's lore. I th- right. I think. And like I I could get a lot of hate for this, but I don't have a Twitter, so come at me. Meh. <laughs> um, but I I've long held that J.K. Rowling is. Or at least when she started writing the Harry Potter books, was very bad at world building. She was. And later on, she got better, but she still had to play in the world she had already created. Yeah, but I think as the... So here's the thing. I'm going to get into Anyways, we, no, we no. haven't said the thing yet. Oh, right. Say the thing first. Right. So she revealed that apparently wizards just shit themselves... Instead of going to the bathroom and magic it away. <laughs> Specifically at Hogwarts up until like the early 1900s when they finally installed bathrooms. It's amazing. It's, it's so stupid. It's the dumb. Like it is a. May I soapbox for a moment, Hayden? Yo, soapbox all you want. Okay. This isn't about witches specifically, but I think it's relevant to this in the sense that we're talking about fictional witches and 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 specifically lore right dear authors i know a small but vocal subset of people have made it seem like we need to know every intricate detail of your world but if you really want to do that write your own fucking cimmerillion and stop putting it in all your fucking books (laughs) and everywhere else no one cares i know that sounds very glib and very straightforward but guess what i don't care about all the intricacies of of hogwarts through the ages enough to need that information like look a fun book about like the history of hogwarts that you wrote that's just like teachers and famous students and stuff great fun i don't need to know that shit literally i don't there, there are some things... Literally, I don't need to know that literal shit. If you have never experienced the specific horror joy of the world-building subreddit when a bunch of people start talking about how sex works in their worlds... <laughs> of course. The amount of what I can only assume are straight white dudes trying to dance around why queerness isn't a cool thing in their world... By making it like, oh, well, the bad guys are in power and don't like it. I'm like, it's your book. Write whatever the fuck you want. It's fantasy. It's fantasy. It's fantasy. I mean, and this is a little bit the premise of our our podcast here, but there are plenty of bad people who are also queer. It's true. Is, is like it Milo. the best representation I always want 100% of the time? No. But, <laughs> right, like, look, I'm you can queer... still be bad and not give a shit about that. It's true. Uh, you can literally be bad and not care about homosexuality or not care about, like, not care in the sense of not making it one of your fucking, like, fascist creeds. Uh, but more than that, what? why 
Why? Just why? I, I've a ten-part essay I could go on about world-building and when you need to include it and when you don't and how it should play into your plot, and we don't have time for that, but... Hold on, hold on. My roommate reminded me that at one point he sent me a couple of examples from the world-building subreddit. Oh, no. About sex? Here we go. All right, let's do this. All right, I'm just going to read a couple. We're we're way off topic here, but I don't it, care. Let's do this. It doesn't this. matter. This I think this is relevant because witches are about sex too. Witches are about sex. Uh, <clears throat> Not all witches, but right. Let me. Okay, here we go. Also, Jesus, this writing. <sighs> Frick fracking in my world is standard to reality. Approach the a, a person. It's person, but spelled wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to frick frack? Fr- oh, sorry. Approach the person you want to frickle frackle with. <laughs> Ask them if they want to do the do. Pay them okay. if they are a pro- pay them if they are a prostitute, and then go somewhere private. Oh, get ready for this bit. Of course, frickle frackle. <laughs> nah, of course. Some interracial couples have to remain chaste, like any bipedal race in love with a centaur. What? <laughs> Another one. Anyone okay. trying to have sex with an elf quickly learns that the two species are the result of convergent evolution. There are many... Oh God. There are as many ways to get around the incompatible genitalia as there are elf-human couples. Okay. I mean... Which, like, great, but also... My response was just, like, just use your hands. Yeah. Like, it's a I time-honored mean... tradition. Just use your fucking hands. I, I guess I can respect that there are numerous ways people have figured out how to get around that, but okay, cool. Also, how do other people frick frack in other worlds? Yeah, I have one more, and it's gonna just take a while. Okay. Men and females both are expected to remain faithful in marriage, but there are only repercussions for females should they cheat. Great start. Okay. There are exceptions, of course. One example could be if the female comes from a powerful family. Forced... (laughs) This isn't a word. Forced concubinage. What? Okay. No, carry on. Well, we don't have time. (laughs) And holding daughters in a form of guardianship, which sometimes has sexual aspects, are used to keep the balance in some of the city-states. Again, this is from the subreddit for world building, a trash fire of of a place. What? The family is much like ours, a mother, a father, and their children. Noble girls are usually sent to girls' schools where they learn cooking, dancing, playing instruments, and how to exercise proper etiquette and how to be a good wife, among other things. The boys, on the other hand, are usually educated in the trade of their father by their father. This means that positions generally remain within noble families and that if the sons of, say, a recently passed commander... Oh. This means that the positions are generally... I'm stumbling over words. This means that positions generally remain within noble families and that it is the sons of, say, a recently passed commander that fights over the position. I am not entirely clear. Oh, God. I am not entirely in the clear about marriage rituals, but. Jesus, this just gets worse. I am not. I am not entirely in the clear about marriage rituals. But I do know that females are, quote-unquote, branded. Holy shit! To show that they are taken. 
This is not necessarily as painful as it might seem. I am thinking something along the lines of piercing, tattoos, gilded false teeth, or something like that. I just, again, hey, world builders, just stop. This is all really good if you are, like, writing your shit. But no one needs to see that. I mean, there's... But, like, this is the shit that, like, ends up in these, like, giant tomes about, you know, all the lore and deep, the deep backstory. And, man, I wish people would just be a little bit more okay with getting to fill that in themselves. That's why fan fiction exists. Yeah, and it's, I'm... I struggle to come down on the position that there shouldn't be any stories where, like, marginalization parallels the way it can be in real life. Or even more extreme. Because sometimes stories with that have important messages about that. Mm -hmm. But if that's not what your story is about, like, if, if you're not going to tackle that and have it be one of the, like, themes of the book then maybe just let people be happy right maybe let life be not shitty (laughs) exactly it's it's it it is it is a question of whether or not this piece of information is necessary to the story you are telling or not so hey rowling no one needs to know that your witches shat themselves (laughs) because you know what real witches probably didn't shit themselves on purpose i mean different different eras different standards of hygiene but like you know yeah (laughs) i yeah i mean we've oh god we've used shit medicinally oh god at points in history oh yeah in in many ways in many ways so again not saying that we as actual humans in history have been much better, mm-hmm. but at least we don't, like, try to hold that up as, well, we should keep doing that. Yeah. Which is sort of the problem with fantasy and lore building, where since you're the only person that gets to build it, you get to say what isn't isn't acceptable, and you can mm-hmm. just say that, you know, there's less sexism or bigotry in your world and yet is is your story about a character who has to deal with those things and overcome them as part of their journey great i'll be like yeah if it is great write about it (laughs) if not you don't need to include it (laughs) nope like unless you are using it for a point and that uh, i get that some people think like oh but the real world and i'm like yeah but But you're not but it's also bad the thing is again Unless your story is about getting rid of that, if you have it in there, it makes it seem like an implicitly okay thing if no one tries to correct it. Right. Context matters. We have deviated very far from witches, but you know what? We're witches, so far from witches. Witches would be but... okay with that. Because we have just indulged in some in some in, 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 in some deep thinking. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a witchy thing to do. It is. Uh, in short, I think 
the main thing that is worth thinking about when we talk about witches for the rest of this month is that they were often maligned not really because of them being women, though they were very much maligned for being women just because women were maligned for being women. Yes. But witches were more often maligned for not for not fitting into proto-capitalist structures. And as we look at witches in a couple different scenarios through the course of this month, I think it'll be really interesting to see about how these different films from different eras and with different points of view use the lore of witches to both make them seem positive, negative, or even a tertiary thing. I don't want to say just neutral, but like existing outside of the spectrum. (laughs) Sometimes the morality of the witch isn't the point. The point is their contrast with society. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think we're going to talk about a few, a few different, uh, pieces of witchy media i think they're all films they're all films um so we're going to talk about a few films but it is important i think to talk about it now that when we look at these films we aren't going to be viewing them in a vacuum we are going to be considering like how the witches have existed throughout history and culture and how this selection of films will sort of portray will sort of portray witches in different cultural and historical contexts. It's true. I mean, it is Halloween, and we are both some form of queer, so it's literally illegal to not watch Hocus Pocus. Right. Which is one of the ones we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really, like, giving away the ghost here. It's witches, and it's... like <gasps> Spoilers! Right, you, can, you can figure <laughs> out some possible things we're going to choose. But, like, for instance, we're going to talk about Hocus Pocus... And we're also going to talk about The Witch from a couple years ago. And they have very different ideas on what witches represent and, moreover, whether witches are good or bad. And it's going to be really fun to explore that. I can't wait to talk about both of those. I am so fantastically ready. Same. Um, And, in fact, on that topic... Um, unless you have anything else you really want to say or dive into. I do not. Hey, Lou. Yeah? What's on the gay agenda next week? I mean, it's Hocus Pocus. It's Hocus Pocus! Like, what else would it be? Uh, we're going to start October off right with the 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 uh, the most queer-claimed of the witch movies that we have. Mm. Uh, and also, I mean, like, it helps that we have multiple people as the witches who are in some way, shape, or form attached to queer culture. Like, I don't know if you know this, and I'll get into it more. Bette Midler started her career singing in bathhouses. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why one of her nicknames is Bathhouse Bette. (laughs) Bette Midler is fucking great and has been very, like, on the side of queer folk for a long time. That's good. Uh, That's that's it. I just... Because for a long time, that was not as easy as it is even today no it was not uh and yeah it's just we're gonna watch hocus pocus that's it so so if you want to reach out to us during this month or any other month 
you can find us on Twitter and Mastodon. On Twitter, we are at IODM Podcast. And on Mastodon, we are at I Only Date Monsters at monsterpit.net. If you want to find me, I am at Linistopheles on both Twitter and Mastodon at Snoutset Online. And if you want to uh, cast a secret spell on us, you can reach us through Gmail at IOnlyDateMonsters at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, follow me by uh, chopping up a series of natural herbs and roots and stirring them together into a pot until they boil with green bubbles. Perfect. And uh, you can also, it would be great if you could rate or review us on whatever service you happen to listen to this through itunes helps the most even if you don't listen to it on itunes you can go there and rate us but yeah, yeah we, anywhere that we, is where we have most of our listeners but we're also on spotify we're on pocket cast i think we just got added to a few more yay um, you should you should listen to us you should share us with your friends that's it you should and you should you should be happy and you should celebrate a queer thirst month yes and witches. It's Queer Lust you Month. You should really... Queer Lust Month. Uh, and you, you should... know, as witches always say... Every time. By the thumbing of these pricks, gonna slurp some spooky dicks. All right. <laughs> wow. Very little reaction. <laughs> <laughs>